You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sid Talk. Welcome one and all, welcome Sid Talk. That had to be more than 20 seconds. Welcome to you. Thanks. And to me. And to you, dear listener. We have a singular listener this time? Just yes. one? Just Jeffrey from Milwaukee. <laughs> if there is a Jeffrey from Milwaukee, <laughs> you have to put a disclaimer. We oh. are not talking about a real Jeffrey. We're in talking directly Milwaukee. to you, Jeffrey. <laughs> Enjoy our review. So uh, what's the before the after the show discussion? I was looking up some stuff, and you were looking up some stuff, and you were fiddling with the lights on your computer. You're very proud of them. I have, there wasn't uh, a lot going on. I have the full RGB. There was like the movie, desk. and then a gap of just living, and now this pretty much sums it up. All right, so I will tell you, it's Saturday, January the 18th. This is after the show, 617. We're a movie review podcast. We are your charming hosts. I am A. Scully, and you are? I am Sid Talk. And we are... When did we become charming? We've always been charming. Mm. I mean, I know I am. I'm just saying. Well, when did it become like a good If you effort? are, then I am too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we are your hosts for this adventure. The movie All right, let's get on with it. The movie we're looking at this week is Mr. and Mr. Smith. Oh, funny. <laughs> You're being funny. Yeah, no, the movie is Gemini Man. It's a 2019 movie released on 4K Blu-ray on January the 14th. So you can pick this one up now. It's PG-13. Our friends at Paramount sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, you give us your synopsis of Mr. and Mr. Smith, and I will give you the one off the box to compare and contrast. It's not Mr. and Mr. Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hmm. My synopsis is, hmm, there's a guy who's been an assassin, he's getting old, he's a maniacal guy, wants to keep (laughs) his assassins fresh and new without getting old, therefore there's cloning involved. That's it. Spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that. Is not on the box. I'll That's give- my challenge every week, is to be sure I say something that I know for a fact will not be on the box. So here is what else, what's on the box. Twice the Smith, twice the action. Ooh, that's clever. Hmm. Will, Sti- Will Stiff. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Will. Will Stiff stars <laughs> in the nonstop action thrill ride from Academy Award winning director Ang Lee. Retired hitman Henry Brogan is forced on the run by a young, highly skilled operative who will stop at nothing to eliminate his target. Now on a race around the globe, Henry must outsmart the mysterious assassin at every step. And how far will he go once they finally come face to face? Packed with epic fight scenes and groundbreaking visual effects, Gemini Man is the future of action movies. Okay, just let me correct a few things before we get going. Hardly any of that happened. There was no, like, global chase of him trying to figure shit out. The instant they saw each other... Is this critique, or is this still on the... Uh, are we still I'm critiquing on the-, the box description. <laughs> <laughs> because there isn't a round-the-world hunt down before they finally discover what's going on. That was, like, pretty quick. So, yeah, there's gonna be spoilers. So... We're all aware it's Will Smith and Will Smith. Well, You've seen actually, the, the cover spoils it. Yeah, exactly. So we know that already. So to big it up and make it sound like a bigger story than it is, is rude. Because it is not that. That's it. That's it. Okay. Soapbox. <laughs> put the soapbox back <laughs> oh, in. Oh, there'll be another cupboard. soapbox later. Because I know what you're going to talk about, and then I'm going to tell you how wrong you are. All right. So I'll start off with the elephant in the room. Is there an elephant in the room? I'm looking. I'm looking every direction. 
Well, elephants are are, are they shy? Because he might be in the cupboard. Okay, go on with your whatever you're saying. All right. So um, the 4K, ver- well, let me explain this because this is technical. Okay. In the cinema, Gemini Man <clears throat> was available in 120 FPS H, what is it? HFR, high frame rate. Somebody's made up a new thing. Okay. True. There's HDR and now there's HFR. So this was available in 120 frames per second in the cinema. Now, home TVs, projectors, etc., they don't do 120 FPS, they do 60. So there's a 60 frames per second version on this 4K disc that we watched. Because Ang Lee, I was reading this thing, and this movie was intentionally made to work in high frame rate. So we watched the 60 FPS version. So that's what we'll be reviewing. And there'll be some... I'd like to go back and watch this in its regular version at some point, just to see if it's different. It won't be different. It'll just look... um, Regular. It'll look regular. (laughs) Regular to us, I guess. Yeah. Now, I saw an argument uh, on a forum recently about high frame rate. And it was a person who was pro high frame rate. And they were saying that because people are used to 24 frames a second films and it hasn't changed for like 70, 80 years, we're just used to it. Sure. If we if we took on this new format, which they're trying to you know do, and made movies in high frame rate all the time, after about a year, we wouldn't even notice. I disagree. Right? You'd have to have a generation, then they wouldn't notice. Right. But you do notice right now, don't you? Or, um, well, I'll tell you my opinion on this, because this is the thing you're going to do. You're going to talk about, and I'm going to get in my soapbox. This movie looks like a cheap television TV show from the early, late 70s, early 80s. Because this of the how, high frame rate. Yeah. So it's not spectacular. You can't bullshit me with all the fucking numbers and like, oh my God, Ang Lee. No. If I'm sitting there, I'm not, I'm not saying I dislike it. I'm just saying don't try to bullshit me into thinking it's better than anything else. And it's not better than my eyeballs. It's not better than any other movie I've ever watched in any other frame rate or resolution or any of that crap. It's just a movie and they're using a little technical something to make it look a little different. And that's it. It doesn't make it better. No, I, I in agree. fact, it kind I, of makes it. Uh, I agree. Like, it I've, makes I've, it seem really cheap. I'm really and mixed low quality on what was happening. Because I've seen many 60 frame per second videos, obviously, on YouTube. Loads of people make 60 frames. Well, frame. here's what you do. When we see a TV show that's in it, you don't like it. Yeah, like, I, hate, oh, I immediately hate it. Right. Yeah. So we can't pretend because Ang Lee thinks it's cool. No, or maybe somebody else thinks it's cool. I'm just telling people, don't be wrapped up. Don't get, like, shanghai or whatever the word is. Because someone who's cool. No, Shanghai is, well, what is the word I- then? bamboozled i don't know don't get conned because somebody in hollywood or your friend who's like a super nerd is like oh this is the future of cinema no 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 use your eyeballs and use your brain and your experience with the movie and if while you're watching it you're like this is shitty well that doesn't mean you are less cool or less intelligent or less on the ball with the trends it just means you're right it probably does look technically Um, this is the what I ran into with it. I've never seen a movie in high frame rate. I've only ever seen YouTube videos or video game footage. Obviously, most video game footage is in 60 FPS on YouTube. Right. Because that's how it's designed. Games play at a high frame rate to make them smooth. So I've never seen a movie in this format. So seeing this movie for the first like few minutes, I was like, oh, this they, it actually opens with a good scene to kind of show it you, the train going from... Side to side, you know? I disagree, but okay. I think that was a good... Like, Not really, because like, people like me don't notice that, so it didn't matter. Right, well, it, anyway, it opens with... One of the things I always notice in 24 frames per second is when you pan left to right really fast, there's a judder in the image, and there is in every film. You just If you notice it, you notice it, and it always happens. It's to do with um, your TV and the frame rate of the movie like an interpolation thing. So you get a bit of a judder in this. You don't. It's perfectly 
smooth and it's very fast. And guess how many average normal people will be sitting there going, oh, I'm watching a train go across for about a half a second and it's not jittery at all. No, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's bad. It's undetectable. It's undetectable. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it's undetectable at all. I think it's very noticeable. It is not very noticeable. I can always see 60 frames per second. I can t- if you no, I'm not me- saying the 60 frames a second is. I'm saying shit like the train is not detectable to a person just watching a oh, movie. Oh, I'm just saying that was a good scene to showcase immediately. Like the- Disagree. Right. All right. It's the overall look of the whole picture. Yeah, well, it's I'm, just just get- I'm getting onto that. So the yeah. next thing I noticed was whenever like people are just regular like acting in the movie, just in a room talking, it seems wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like it seems... It's very weird because one, it's cheap. I think about it like it makes it seem really cheap and like they're practicing a play. Yeah, but how? How? I, I, I kept looking at it and going, how does this acting like the acting actually seems affected by it? I agree. And I was looking at it. and I was like, this scene feels, yeah, it, it's it looks like a TV show or something like that, and it like I've seen Will Smith acting loads of things. He's always credible to me. But like there were some things he was, the way he was moving and saying stuff, I was like, oh, that actually is worse. I think it's because it's so um, unforgiving. It is. There is nothing to hide behind. There is nothing to hide the little boredom in your eyeballs while you're saying a line or while you're looking away where with other, you know, ways of filming and whatnot, there's a certain... Like, not glossy, but it's it's like a filter you're looking through. And so you don't catch all the little bad part. It's not really bad. It's more like, like if you're pretending to be somebody and you're thinking about your next line and you're looking for the cue out the left side of your eyeball, like knowing that you have to move or step over or you whatever. You kind of catch all of that. Yes. And it's hidden more in a the different... Even old film, I think you could see more because it was, if you look at really old films, it's pretty in your face too. You know, it's a lot more, it's like this kind of, and you see a lot more of it. Whereas the kind of muddiness of digital and maybe most movies we've ever seen hides it. And so that kind of lowers the quality, unfortunately. So this, this is not letterboxed either. It's your whole screen. It's very high resolution and it's very, you know, there's a lot of frames, 60 frames every second. So it's more than you used to. So it's kind of an overload of like, this seems different. And then I was like, well, maybe this is just, I'll get, you know what? Towards the end of the movie, I'd forgotten about it. Did did you? No. Um, I'd for, I'd kind of forgotten about it towards the end. Like I, I was like, oh, well, just. Why were you distracted by the fake Will Smith? Well, that's that's another point. So getting on in the movie, right? Yeah, Um, we're not actually talking about the movie yet. We're just talking about how it looks kind of thing. So the high frame rate, um, it it affected me watching any acting scenes, which there are a lot in this movie. There's a lot of non-action parts where people are just talking. True. All those parts, I was like always distracted by it. And um, it was like we'd bought a new TV and I needed to turn the smoothing mode off, like on the one in the <laughs> living room. I've turned it off so it looks regular. I could turn it on and every show would look like that. And after a few weeks, we would not notice it probably. I don't know. But I disagree. But with this, I was like, I'm almost thinking I need to turn this off because it's annoying. Like I, it needs to go back to normal. But then I was going through it. And then some action scenes started happening. I could understand watching some of the action scenes, how this technology is good. Like, there's a bit with a chain gun that you know I'm talking about. Yep, that was good. That I was like, I don't think I've seen that before. Like... Agree. Agree. Like, you'll watch a 24 frames a second movie and they'll slow down some footage of of bullets shooting and it will look a certain way. But nothing looks the way this looks. There's bullets flying through a room and they're hitting everything. And it's it's in slow motion, but it's all it's all sixty fps slowed down, and it looks like pristine, like every bullet hitting. And I was like, wow, you can see the sparks off everything. That those were the few. There was a scene where uh, somebody jumped into the water, 
I thought that looked amazing too. Mm-hmm. That did look good. And I you was mean kind- when the two people jump thrown yeah. off? Yeah, that one looked really good. And I was kind of like, oh, I'd love to see a whole like underwater movie using these cameras because it really looks awesome under the water. Do you see what the problem is with this technology? We're not talking about the movie as a story or as a movie. We're talking about it. Well, I split it up. I'm, we're going into that. Okay. <laughs> well, but the thing is, if we split, if you are distracted that much, then the technology is kind of up the ass of the people who are trying to shove it in your face. If you can possibly pull that off, is that like, oh, look, we've got to change technology. Well, then you're not serving your story. Because it's overriding it. Well, it's like Ang Lee and Jerry Bruckheimer got the brand new, like, half a million dollar camera. And they were like, what can we do with this? <laughs> and when thought you were going to say they had a baby. And this is it. They also had a baby <laughs> and filmed that in 120 frames per second. Um, so about the one, about the 60 frames per second, I could definitely see glimpses of, oh, yeah, this is kind of almost feels like a tester for this whole thing. Agree. I could see in the future really cool action sequences that use this. Uh, and there were cool action sequences in this, but it didn't quite feel there to me. But I was, I mean, I'm always like to see, you know, I feel like I saw you seeing into the future slightly or maybe not. Maybe it's completely, you know, like 3D has kind of gone okay, away. Exactly. Maybe. This is. I will debunk anybody trying to tell the future with technology because I am an average normal person. Yes, I've seen more movies than the average normal person, but I do not fall for any of the gimmicks or any of the bullshit. If it doesn't look good and it doesn't tell the story better, or at least without being too noticeable, if it's just for this the sensory part of it or like some sort of like spectacle it doesn't work on me you can't sell it to me i just i would sit and watch wizard of oz or any old silent movie on a black and white tv maybe not wizard of oz on black and white tv but any old crappy tv anytime versus you trying to sell me on some big technological you know so it doesn't work on me so i could tell you this will not be the future it just won't. It might be of some snotty movies and maybe a few. I don't know, though. The action wasn't better at all. I'd love to see, um, like, Planet Earth, that type of thing. Okay, yeah. Something that's documentary, yeah. like nature. Sure, I'd like to see that, too. But we might be seeing that anyway. Like, surely they're using really high tech for... They've not gone high frame rate, like but they have gone 4K. Like, But they've not... That's the next leap, I guess. Anyway, um... If you're interested in this high frame rate thing, this 4K disc it includes the 60 frames per second disc, and then there's a second disc with a 24 frames per second. So you can see the difference for yourself. Watch either. All you need is a 4K player. You can't do it in a regular Blu-ray player. I'm not sure if I'd watch this movie twice. Well, it's got Just two. For the technological it's, got, it's got two Will Stiffs. I don't. <laughs> Maybe. Here's the thing: I can bitch about all this and tell you, wow, I hated it. Hated the concept of making this technology the star of the show, and I still enjoyed the movie. So I'm right. not knocking the movie overall. Well, it has me, flaws, um, but I did enjoy the movie a lot. Let's get into the movie. Let's get into so, it. As we said at the beginning, it's a it's relatively standard. Um. What do you call it? Spy? Like, he's a, what is he? He's a hitman, isn't he? It's a relatively standard hitman-ish. He's on the run. With a maniacal bad guy who wants to basically change, not really take over the world, but has some maniacal plan for some military something or other. And this is written by um, Benioff, the guy who did the Game of Thrones with his, the, you know. When you say did, what do you mean? He, uh converted game of thrones to the te- television okay um so i liked the movie i thought it was fun in general there was some really cool action scenes but as i said to you at the end it's relatively well not relatively it's forgettable i don't think in yeah. like two years you'd be like oh yeah remember that i don't apart aside from the fact that it had this technology in it um because the story itself is is fairly flat i i would call it and what happens at the end, I won't spoil the actual end, but it's really predictable and, and actually boring. You when, kind of spoil it by saying that, because as soon as they start watching it, they're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. When he did the <laughs> speech, Clive Owen, about 
his, yep. the speech was like, I was, I was listening to him say it and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought you was going to say yep. all the time. Like that's what it just felt it's like. like. It's like a joke where you're sitting there and you're going through the whole waiting for all the, them setting it up and you're like, oh, this is going to be good. And then the punchline comes and you're like, oh, you went a long way around <laughs> for yeah. that. So, it's like climactic, we'll say. Yeah, so it's not clever, or it's just a straight-up action movie. It's got a bit of a sci-fi tinge to it. Is it sci- I guess it's sci-fi, isn't I it? I guess. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But then, it promises stuff. Like, when I said to you, spoilers, there are some spoilers here. I said to you, um, oh, this guy's like um, Clone Wars guy. He's just made a whole factory full of yeah. Smiths, right? And I was, and that came in my head. You know, like the scene from iRobot where all the robots are in the room, in the giant room. <laughs> yeah. I was like, another Will Smith film. I was like, oh, this will be cool. We're going to see this massive thing and maybe there'll be a big battle with like hundreds of them. But it doesn't ever, it doesn't go there. Like it just stays very pedestrian and is why Big words, Hayes. I mean, it does though, doesn't it? It, it? Like he sends in one extra to have a fight with him. True. Not like a gang of them, just one. And then that relatively quickly gets dealt with, and that's it. I mean, it's I was I was expecting like some big showdown at the end, like huge. We're going to show off all this technology. We're going to have all these clones. So, but, but does that make it bad because your expectations are not met? Yeah, well, no, because I was entertained. I like the motorcycle chase, which you didn't, but I did. Um, I like the motorcycle fight. Yeah, there's a but fight the chase. You again said, oh, with this frame rate, it doesn't get jittery. It looked like shit when he was driving past, when Will Smith came from camera left to right, or whatever you call it, like from the left to the right, and was like going down the road. The whole image, and he like weird went weird. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, it's a lot of CG going on there. Yeah. Um, if you watch the extras on this, it shows you how much CG, CG there the is. The face replacement and stuff, which was successful. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say about. Oh, well, we haven't even mentioned this part. <laughs> no, true. <laughs> I guess this is the where how if this movie works or not is down to what happens here, right? So the hitman that's come coming after Will Smith is a clone of Will Smith. That's how many years younger? Thirty. Thirty years younger. So it's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air coming after him, right? And <laughs> it is unpredictably. Sometimes it looks all right. Sometimes it looks the worst, and sometimes it's fine. So because but it's never <laughs> invisible to your brain or your eyeball, which uh, makes just it constant. once or twice it was invisible. Like when they were driving the truck, when they were driving the van, and the missile come at the van that bit. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, I was like, I was looking at him purposely. To but see that's what I'm saying. You're purposely looking for it, which means it's not invisible, right? You know well, there I'm was saying? one or two times in the van where I was like, oh, okay, that actually looks right. But then a lot of the time it looks really bad. And then sometimes it looks passable. So it's wildly inconsistent every time you see it. And the end scene, I think, was embarrassing. Like, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was a little bit. There's like a epilogue at the end where you see our characters a little bit later. And it's a whole, like, see, that's one of the things. And you even mentioned this. We often complain that like CG gets hidden by bad lighting. Like they just intentionally put bad lighting in so you don't see stuff. In this movie, it's obvious they said, No, we're never gonna hide this. We're gonna have everything brightly lit. It's like it's daytime. Yeah, and it's all it's all right there. And this scene, which takes place in a like a college campus, and they're talking to um young Will Smith, just having a conversation, it was bad i was like i was in my head i was like they signed off on this and here's why it's bad because you play a lot of video games i watch a lot of the video yeah. games you play and it was it was fantastic for a video game character yeah if you'd put him on a video game yeah you'd be, that'd be like fantastic Whoa. like um daryl is in yeah death stranding that's pretty good it's not quite this level but if you took this level and put it on there 
Yeah, you'd That's be fantastic. blown away by it. But it looks like a high-level video game character, even though it looks great. I mean, I'm not complaining because I can't do it, but it looks... If you're watching, you're like, wow, that really looks like Will Smith, and he's talking and everything, but he's got a little bit of dead eye, we like to call it, in the video game world. And it feels like and the his, teeth, his the, lips are clipping or, or something. Yeah, that's unfortunate, <laughs> and that's unfortunate because like, you want this story, which is... The guy who is an assassin, then he's retiring, he's got moral issues, the guy makes some more of him so he can have soldiers that never wear out and they don't have a conscience. Well, now we've rescued the young Will Smith, and he needs to have a life of his own. And so we're having, that's a nice story. I like that story. It's not fantastically original or anything, but I like the story that this person now gets a chance to live his life. But the whole time I'm looking at him like, well, you're not just a clone, you're CGI. <laughs> like, yeah. you are not even real enough to have a life, and so it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's... it's. But it's fascinating to watch and to imagine the effort that people yeah. went to to get the face captures and the CGI and writing software that probably never existed. I appreciate the effort. the effort. I do. However, I think they get... A little bit, first of all, they have a deadline to meet, so it's going to have to be done when it's done. And also, I think they get anesthetized to it because you look at it so much. But again, I think it's a stepping stone that in, you know, use this technology in 10 more movies with the same quality of filmmaking because it looks, it's well made. And I think you might be able to get away with it better. I do. It. That's why I say this whole movie with the technology of the frame rate and the technology of the the de-aged Will Smith, all that, st everything about this movie, it feels like a like a sandbox for testing to do this in the future better. Like it feels like we've got to have a shot at it. We've got technology that can do it. Yeah, this is as good as it is right now. We'll do it, and you know, you might look at this movie in five years' time. I'm I'm saying five years and go, oh my god, how how far have we come? Like, it feels like a movie that will be dated pretty quickly because the technology is going to... I don't know, because you could say that about Titanic and Twister and all of those, because the mid-90s, it was like a glut of CGI because it was new. You watch those now, or even 10 years after that. And yeah, but there like, was no uh, CG faces. No, I'm talking about the level of CGI right. in those movies was new. We didn't have that before then. So to us at the time spectacular now you watch it you know hindsight is what it is but you see all the like oh wow we fell for that <laughs> sometimes my award for best um cgi face um is still captain marvel with um samuel l jackson i think that is it was successful yeah it was it was successful to the point where me as real skeptical looking at it all the time stopped looking at it and just enjoying the movie like I feel like that's when it works. So, in this one, you know what though? On the good side of this, there was like an emotional scene between both Will Smiths. I'm not even calling them the characters anymore, am I? Henry and the <laughs> other one. Um, Henry and Clone. Henry and Junior. <laughs> junior. Henry and Henry and Henry Junior. Um, where it was actually really emotional. You know what he was telling him about what? Yeah. You know, like if you kill the bad guy you'll feel that forever like don't something you shouldn't really be doing talking as a hitman you know so i think that was really good yeah i think there were moments of okay performance but it was it's so much more transparent when it's not in now, the, the young woman who was the main female character she was good all the time she felt relaxed in the part i didn't ever have any to me, there were no weak moments, whereas Will Smith, who is sort of trained in certain kinds of movies, and he's done fantastic, like Happiness and um, Ali, things like that, which is like super intense drama. But this feels more like action and kind of like, you know, sci-fi storytelling It kind of stuff. feels, you know, After Earth, which was a big flop for him. It kind of feels like that type of movie. He wasn't in that one, was he? It was his son, wasn't it? Him and his son. Was he in it? Yeah, he, uh, his leg at the beginning. His son had oh, to go he was out. in it for like five seconds. Well, he's in it. It's actually in the beginning <laughs> and the end. Right. Not much, though. But still, it's that kind of that level of 
I don't know. It's empty calories, unfortunately, but I felt like she was always good. And then um, his friend was always good, but that's because they're just like relaxed in it and they're... I don't know. The guy with the bald head, unfortunately, was very like a cheap TV show kind of character. I yeah, I would say, say. that because I love television, but I'm just saying when we say television acting or television movies, we've been around a long time since before Netflix and things like that. So old school television movies were different than Hollywood movie movies, right? So that's what I'm referring to. This sort of like um, cookie cutter. Um, we've also seen a lot of high school plays and occasionally you get that level of acting, do you think, sometimes? And this guy was just sort of going through the motions, I felt like. Yeah. So before we get onto the actors, I would say it feels like a giant experiment. Like, a, like we're trying a load of different stuff that's new and here it all is and... It looks glossy and slick. And we're deciding it's the future, but it's not. Yeah, but like underneath it's like a fairly ordinary sci-fi. Well, it's not, I wouldn't even say sci-fi that much. More just regular, like like Jason Bourne or something like that. Hitman type thing. On the run. People coming after him. And then they throw in this clone thing towards the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's forgettable as far as that goes. Um, but it's fun to watch for a couple of hours. Yep. It, it's, it's I weird. enjoyed it. So let's move on to this cast. Will Smith plays both Will Smiths, <laughs> Henry and Junior. And generic one. Yeah. Oh, and another one, yeah. Um, you know, he does Will, He does his Will Smith thing, right? True. Um, he's actually kind of serious. This movie's not got a lot of laughs in it. Did you notice that too? It doesn't, yep, I like that. It, it takes the... Um, it is actual good tone, human like, connection comedy where, you know, between him and her mostly, yeah. and the friend and him, like subtle, but, but it, felt natural. Yeah. It's not a um, Michael Bay type of... They're not going for that, where it's kind of wacky a little bit. And it's the beginning part of it and stuff. It's quite serious when they go trying to get out of the way of it. Um, so Will Smith, I feel like he just does Will Smith, though. Like, I can't separate Will Smith. He's not Henry Brogan. He's Will Smith. Yeah. Because he's just... He's pretty... He's the same guy as from that guy Robot and yeah. whatever other... Even Enemy of the State, you know. Even, yeah. Even um, the one with Margot Robbie where he's like a thief. Yep. <laughs> you know? I don't but even know not, the name. Like, it's hard... I don't like to say that. It sounds rude, but there's not a lot of, like, stretch here. No. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is awesome. I love she her. was awesome, yes. She plays Danny. To um, me, she's the best in the movie. Yeah. I've always liked her. She's really good. Yeah. When we were talking earlier about, like, in this high frame rate, our acting even seems affected by it. Her acting didn't. Like, it was like she understood it. Or Correct. I agree. Um, so, yeah, she's really good. She's, um, what would you call her? I mean, she's a operative. Yeah. Yeah, let's say. Um, Clive Owen plays the bad guy, Clay Veris. I think he was hamming it up way too much. Yeah. It was It was a bit mustache twirling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, da-da-da. Was... I mean, he has a reasonable argument. And if you wanted to go down the debate route to talk about this actual issue in real life, I, I think that would... That's a reasonable argument to make for making clones who have no feelings to fight your wars. But the way he does it isn't like a, an, in, um, an intelligent man who's really broken by the tragedies of war and by the heartbreak of all the parents around the world who lose children in war like that. That's what he's trying to sell you as the idea. But performing it, it's like he is dick dastardly. <laughs> I, I had this thought watching the movie, right? Uh, the Fifth Element, awesome movie, right? Gary Oldman in The Fifth Element, he's, and it's supposed to be, because The Fifth Element's very tongue-in-cheek, and Gary Oldman's baddie in that is very, <laughs> yeah. you know, like old schooly kind of baddie. And I was like, is Clive Owen channeling that performance? Because <laughs> he's just trying to be, it's supposed to be serious, and we're supposed to be taking him serious, but I never taken him serious when he's talking to his junior, as we call him. Yeah, I'm like, 
Is, it, do we overrate Clive Owen? I, I think he's good in certain things. He was yeah, great but, in the Bond movie. But was he? Yeah, but was he, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, in this, he really, I was like, wow, really? <laughs> like, I, I put it down to like, I don't know. I put it. I put it down to the high frame rate, but perhaps it isn't that. <laughs> don't blame. <laughs> don't blame the technology. No, 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 no. And then finally, Benedict Wong, who you will have seen in um, Doctor Strange. He's a uh, Doctor Strange's dude who keeps the house. He's like Doctor Strange's. What do you call Batman's uh, guy? Doctor Strange's help Batman me out guy. Alfred. Yeah, he's like Doctor Strange's okay. Alfred. Butler. Benedict Wong, yeah. Yeah, okay. So in this movie, he's he's kind of assigned as the... Um, but he's not like super goofied up or he's anything, not, but so he's he, fine. We've seen that character a million times. It, uh, you know where I thought of it from? Uh, the video game Uncharted. They have a guy called Sully, mm. who is a the guy who flies them in the plane, and he is the guy who will keep the house going, and he's the good guy, and he's... You rely on him. It's that guy. He plays that guy. Right. Um, and he even flies them in the plane. But uh, he's not bad. He's just not given a lot, right? <laughs> he's just, he's, he's kind of left out towards Correct. it. So directed by Ang Lee, we all know him. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Life of Pi, Incredible Hulk. Can you name any others? Life of Pi was very Ice awesome. Storm. The Ice Storm. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... You know, it's easy to criticize him here, Angley, because this is a kind of a hollow movie and it's full of technology. Like, um, there are some good shots in this movie, I have to say. When Will Smith is on the motorcycle going down the narrow alleys, if it is indeed Will Smith, I don't think it is. It's a stunt. It is not. But the camera move and the way that motorcycle is moving down those narrow alleys. I've not really seen that before. No, that was good. I liked it, except they did the face replacement and it looked really super shitty. True. I had to keep not looking at that yep, and just too. looking at the motorbike. The motorbike thing <laughs> was really cool. It was just distracting the way his head and shoulders was not Will Smith. It was very obvious. What did you call that thing where humans try to identify? Un- uncanny Valley. Okay. Whatever that means. That is- means there's something rotten in Denmark when you look at it. Like our our human brain and eyes are accustomed to what a human is supposed to look like. And that includes being able to identify people we know from far away or from weird angles. So like if I saw my mother in a crowd of 78 year old women, I'd be able to know my mother even at far away and just from the way she is, right? Because my brain knows. But if you tried to recreate her in CGI, <laughs> you just slap one, her face There'd be a that. thing out, wouldn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why anyone would do that, <laughs> but it would just be like, what? Is she pretending to be my mom? Maybe that's the on? sequel to this movie. They get your mom and they clone her and they have an army of your mom coming after people. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I'm telling you now, if the real government wanted to do that, we would win every war. My mom would... Make you feel like shit for whatever bad decision you're going to make. She's going to tell you. And then she's going to pat you on your back and say, you know what? Everybody makes mistakes. Now, let's just do something good. <laughs> she'd be like, she'd be the one to sit all the bad guys down in yeah. a little room and be like, now listen, boys and girls, you need to get your shit together. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but how would she look in 60 frames per second? That's the question. Well, she's 78, so she would look like she looks. Well, we could do her in 78 frames per second. <laughs> One for each year. Oh, my God. that's Now that movie's in my head. It's <laughs> my, a plane full of my mother going over to any country in the world to discuss world politics is hilarious. So what I else? Need, I, now I need that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, ask Ang Lee. He's probably do that. Probably do it for you. I just um, need that to happen. I need a clone person to clone my mother. <laughs> so, Ang Lee, um, what I, how this movie looks, and I think, I don't know if you agree, when you go in Best Buy and they've got all the TVs and they've got like footage of a beach or something like that in real high res, like to show off the TV. Yeah. This whole movie looks like those videos that you go and look kind at. Of, kind of. It's kind of like a showcase, kind of perfectly lit, awesome looking thing. That's just like, it looks like a tech demo, <laughs> the whole thing, which I'm sure 
I bet you the uh, Best Buys play this movie on their TVs because it looks so cool, you know? Hmm. To to show them off. Because actually, there is no other 60 frames per second 4K disc. This is the only one in existence. So if you want to show this off, you have to put this one in. So um, IMDb reviews, what are they? They are reviews on IMDb. And you like to seek out the one-star level reviews and then make fun of them if you disagree with them. If, however, you agree, you're like, yeah, they're right. Yeah, so we basically... I'm like, very fascinated to see what these people are going to say. We basically like to... Um, I do. Make a little fun out of the people who write shitty reviews. I haven't sorted them by one star, so let me do that. Okay. Here we go. Poor movie, says Cascro. I'm really disappointed. The script was awful. Boring dialogues paired with flat characters... At no time did I feel connected to the story of Garrett. <laughs> Besides Aww. that, I this also is... couldn't get used to the look of the movie. There were so many scenes that have the look and feel of a soap opera. That's exactly what I said. I said it's like a 1980s soap opera. That is exactly what I said. Um, this person I agree with. Good work, whatever your name is. KW17327 says, I gave this movie a chance. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Where I don't know did... where he's from. Oh my God. He says, I gave, I gave this movie a chance because I enjoy Ang Lee movies. My mistake, not even Ang Lee could save this bad script written by David Benioff. Okay. Good one. Yes. Good one. This guy says... Uh, this film is the, a combination of an uninteresting script, bad directing, terrible acting, and poor editing. Uh, some of the dialogues make you go, what the hell? I don't think Ang Lee is getting a new directing job anytime soon. <laughs> I don't know who that guy was. I don't either, frankly. I'm not sure who. Um, this guy says, worst. Don't waste your time. You'll want your two hours back. Ta-da. Ta-da-da. That guy, always, every week. Never disappoints. This guy says, um, I went into it not expecting much, but the story felt boring and the characters had no depth. Dear Mr. Benioff, the North remembers. That was oh, a Game of Thrones joke. Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, not really, but. Whatever. And uh, finally, uh, Clown013 says, Will Smith has finally jumped so far up his own smug ass. <laughs> That he will only act again with himself. The movie turns out about as well as my previous sentence suggests. Terrible, emotionless effects and horrible action. Just further proof that everything that Will Smith turns up in is complete garbage. See Hancock for further proof. Dear Smith family, stop ruining our movies. Well, it's not really your movie. Like, you don't have to watch it. So if you see Will Smith on it, don't watch it. And then complain about it. But I disagree. I think Will Smith is good. I just think we've come across a lot of people. We like to be honest and say some people are slightly overrated. They do a great couple of things and you like them. You enjoy them being on the screen and you overlook the fact that maybe, just maybe, they're kind of the same in every movie. And uh, I'll go for this one finally because this one's funny. I disagree with that person. This guy uh, who watched it in the cinema in the 120 frames per second version says... It's four levels of suckiness. One, you have to wear the 3D glasses upside down. I don't know what that's all about. I don't either. Um, two, the script and the dialogue. Three, the acting. And four, why? <laughs> why? So that is the... They're the people on IMDb who dislike this movie. Again, these are not our opinions. I quite enjoyed the movie... The technical showpiece thing I'm in, I'm interested in always. Um, I thought it was pretty flat and shallow, the movie itself. Yeah. But I did like some of the action. You know? Like you said, I don't know if I would go in and watch it again. No. But it was reasonable. I mean, it's a good time. And I like a lot of individual things about it. And I do like looking at it. Just because I'm not in love with it the technology being the star of the show, so to speak. I still enjoy looking at it because it's bright and it's none of that over, like, 
you know, the last few years with television, particularly right now in photography, we're doing the depth of field where the one object is crispy clear and then everything else is super blurred and the background's got the bokeh, as people like to talk about in photography. And then it's like, even in TV shows, in the same scene, like in a car, they focus on the person close to you and they're talking and the back person's really blurry and then the camera just they refocus on the back person and the front person becomes blurry. That also is just a dumb trick that doesn't add anything. This movie is just clear all over. It is. I mean, yeah. it has some depth of field just because things way in the background have a little bit of blur, but not much. That's why I think it's so... It's like, whoa, you know, <laughs> like you're watching. And I'm, I was looking all over. I was looking at all of the stuff and the water and the details. And like you said... You get details on things you don't normally notice. Oh, I noticed, I, that, I noticed that people needed the shirts ironing. <laughs> there was a scene with Mary Elizabeth Winstead where, oh she had a, where she had a shirt on. And I was like, oh my God, the, that needs ironing like really bad. It was real creased. I would never notice that before. So maybe... I didn't notice that either because I don't care. So maybe this, in 60 FPS you need to hire... A lady who irons shirts. <laughs> Steam everybody constantly <laughs> on the set. Yeah. So that was one thing I noticed. It has great creased shirts. Hmm. So, um, can, yeah, there are extras on the disc, too. Um, on the 4K version that we watched, the 60 FPS, there's just one extra, and it's by Weta, and it shows you how they did all the composite scenes. How they, uh, but there's also a bunch of extras on the Blu-ray disc which includes an alternate opening and some deleted scenes. Um, so it does have a bunch of stuff there for you to watch if you're a big fan. So thanks to Paramount for letting us review Gemini Man. Next week's review is Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Do you know what that one is? I do. Um, so our friend... Am I supposed to tell everybody what it is? Yeah. It's kind of self-explanatory. It's the reboot of Jay and Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. And Jane Silent Bob in this movie find out that the movie that was made about them and Jane Silent Bob is going to be remade. So it's like they're in a loop. Or yeah. like a something. And if you don't know who Jane Silent Bob is, tune in next week when we explain all. <laughs> yeah. And plus, how could you not know? <laughs> Come on. All right. So movie recommendations. I am going based on Gemini Man. I'm going with I Am Legend, which I actually enjoyed quite a lot. I think that's a decent Will Smith movie. Yeah. I mean, I like the concept. It is, it's got its weak points, but... It has, but it's a good, fun, blockbuster, summer kind of movie. And my other one it stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. Um, as uh, in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. She's his girlfriend, isn't it? Ramona. It's very good. What about the other one? Which one? Uh, I guess the only other... Fargo. Can... No. The other one. The other one. Well, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Come no, on. No, she was in the basement. No, you're talking about um, uh, Cloverfield. Yeah, but not Cloverfield. Um, the sequel. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, my recommendations are, as I've told people in the last few weeks since this new year has begun, I guess this is the third week technically, I'm going to go back 100 years and 50 years. These are not necessarily movies I've seen. Many of them I have, but not the ones from 1920 necessarily. And this one in particular cannot be found anywhere. It's called The Devil's Passkey, directed by Eric von Stroheim. The interesting thing about this movie, Eric von Stroheim. <laughs> the interesting thing about this was I read on IMDb. It says that the originals were all destroyed. They can't find any actual copies of it or whatever. So it's called The Devil's Keep Passkey. But this guy who directed it was so pissed off about the, now this is 1920, right? So he had a movie from 1919 that the studio interfered with the final product. He hated that. He was like an artsy fartsy, I am the director, it is my vision guy. That's a tale as old as time then, people it interfering is. with me. And he locked himself in the editing room with a gun to do the editing so no one would fuck around with them. Now I think that is a fascinating story. And then the one from 1970, which was 50 years ago, if anyone can con grasp that concept. You mean anybody can count? <laughs> I mean, to me, <laughs> 1970 does not feel like 50 years ago, right? But right. Was. But it was. Uh, there's a girl in my soup, Goldie Hawn and Peter Sellers. Yeah, I like that movie. Yes. It's like, um, she's like a really strong, bold 
young character and this dude's kind of like a womanizing actor guy and you know it's very typical stereotypical very typical (laughs) what am i saying stereotypical stereotypical that word that you said stereotypical there's a lot of those like out of date things you'd be like oh i don't want to that's very inappropriate but it is pretty cute, and uh, it's Goldie Hawn when she was just getting started. So there's a girl in my soup from 1970, The Devil's Paskey, which you cannot watch because it doesn't exist, from 1920, by Eric von Stroheim, but you can look him up and look up other movies. I, what, when you say it doesn't exist, surely something exists. Uh, they say that all the... Um, it was discovered that the original nitrate print had decomposed in the Universal Vaults. Oh, well, and then, uh, having had the studio recut his previous film from 1919 against his wishes, he took no chances and barricaded himself in the editing suite with a loaded Winchester. That um, Universal <laughs> Vault. That, to me, would make a good movie. This guy. What's this, what was this guy like? Right? Yeah. Um, what was another movie that the studio interfered with a lot? Lots of them. I think um, Alien 3 was one of them. Because mm. David Fincher made that. And his version is so much different to the one that came out because they took away control and they did it. They they edited it. I liked it when I watched it the first time. I've seen both, I'm, and yeah. his version is better than theirs. It's longer. So and if you didn't like it the detail. first time, you're not going to like it a no. lot more the second time. So, um, a scully stuff. I've been playing one game this week called Frostpunk. You could probably explain this game pretty well. I'm Frost. yawning. I'm yawning not because I'm bored. So don't say that. I'm not tired. I'm just yawning. Um, Frostpunk. Frostpunk is a what they call a god game, where you're given a scenario of a place, and you're building a society, and there's lots of shit that comes at you. Like, Frost. for me, uh, I play City Skylines, and I've played SimCity, and I've played The Sims, and I've played other god games that you just basically... What's the other word that you... It kind of is... Um, What's it called where you're just putting up defenses? Like an RTS, but it, no, it's this one isn't because there's no, no defenses. Ed- well, the thing is, there is because it's the cold weather. Uh-huh. The there's no so enemy. The, so people can get sick, the cold, and it's above view. It's not like down in there. You're looking at it from up above, like what are some other games you would compare it to in your world? Ones that you look at from above. Like Devil One. What's that one called? Devil, Diablo. Diablo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah but, like that. Yeah, but it is. It owes more to like SimCity or something like that. But right? it doesn't, because SimCity can get right in there. You can get right in there on this. You saw, I could scroll right in. Yeah, but you don't ever. I don't because it's not easy to play that way. Right. I need to see everything going. So your on. scenario is: it's very cold. The people have to get the coal, and then if they have, you have to work them to death, and you work the children to death, which is very rude. And then uh, you have, over time, you can get technology that helps with all this stuff. And it's basically you against the elements and against the people either not wanting to work or getting sick and dying. Yeah, you've got to manage a lot of systems like healthcare and, you know, like a city builder of any kind. But the big thing is, it's very cold, like as in 40 degrees below and... You have to. You've got a big heater in the middle of your city that has to be on, or people will start dying. You've got to keep stuffing coal in it. So it's a lot of, you know, coal disappears after a while, and then you've got to figure out like, oh, now I can't get any coal. What do I do? You've got to build coal mines. You know, it's one of those games, and uh, I'm kind of addicted to it. <laughs> I, I didn't even finish my game earlier. I just saved because I was going finished up. So I'm I'm kind of far into it on that one, but it's actually starting to look grim, so I think they're all about to die. So that's Frostpunk. And I know this, because I'm like you, as soon as you start talking about it, you just want to go do it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Frostpunk's on Game Pass, Game Pass for PC, uh, Xbox Game Pass. Um, it's still a dollar to, if you've never used Game Pass, it's a dollar for a three-month trial. There's a hundred games on there, and Frostpunk's one of them, and they keep adding new games all the time. I'm actually really into Game Pass. It's pretty good. I think a year, it's $18 a year, and you've got access to a hundred PC games, like, all the time. To me, I've been dipping in and out of those games all the time. I find it's actually worth that few dollars 
what is it, eighteen dollars a year? That's not even. It's only a dollar and a bit a month, right? Just to play a mm. library of games. True. So yeah, I'm kind of into Game Pass. So that's called Frostpunk. You can get it on Game Pass. I think you can get it on Steam as well. So what's for dinner? What do you think is for dinner? Is it an Impossible Whopper? Because I'm really <laughs> craving one. <laughs> it is. Last week, tell them what happened. You insisted. Remember, we told them the roads were bad. It was going to be icy. I said, do you want me to risk my life for your burger? And I said, said yes, yes, of course. And what happened? I went out and the roads were awful. It was slippery and dangerous. And when I got there... They were close. It was 7-11, 7 p.m. with 11 minutes tagged on the end. I pulled up and the little voice said, I'm sorry, we're closed because of the weather. And I said, oh... Oh, I mean, I literally have to drive like nine miles to this place. I said, oh, what time did you close? Seven o'clock. <laughs> Eleven minutes. I missed it and risked my life. So what did you get? You got Taco Bell. Now, yeah. Tonight, there should be no issue with the weather. So no. even though yesterday it was icy and today it is fine. They might eat the impossible pork or whatever. They, they're bringing it in sometime in January. There's going to be an impossible pork burger of some kind. He's saying pork, P-O-R-K, not like poke, like poke you with a stick. No, poke. Poke, poke. <laughs> no, pork. Impossible poke. Pork. 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 My nephew and I were talking about our differences. He's a classics major and studies like Greek and Latin and history of languages and all that kind of stuff. And just discussing our different colloquialisms and accents and how you say so many things wrong. Who I say things wrong. <laughs> I was just paying, seeing if you were paying attention. I say things correct. The Queen's English, mind you. What's your English? Nothing to do with the Queen, is it? Not endorsed by the Queen. We don't have a Queen? Hello. I mean, well, we have RuPaul, but I mean, that's, that's <laughs> she why, can be my Queen. <laughs> that's why our language is more official than yours. Oh, I see. Uh, you know what? You need to let it go. It's <laughs> been it a go. while. <laughs> it's been a few hundred years. All right. So um, what is your advice? And then we'll get out of it. My advice is, it's great advice, by the way, so stay tuned, listen closely, and live by it. Clean out your garage. If you don't have a garage, clean out the shed. If you don't have a shed, clean out all your crummy drawers and your closets and the boxes under things and under the bed. Just do it. I have two reasons why I'm in the mood to clean the garage, which I have been now many sessions. It's not a quick job for me. It's a pretty crowded little garage. Um, one, I'm getting older and I could die at any time. Like, that's the fact. Like, I've, I'm, I'm over half a century, I'm 52. You know, the odds increase as <laughs> you get older. If I were to die, as people in my life have died, someone has to come in and sort through all your shit. It is what it is. They don't like burn your house down and it doesn't just disappear because you die. So someone is going to have to do it. Is there anything in each one of those boxes and each one of those tubs and on each one of those shelves that you would want your mother, your sister, your nieces, your nephews, your husband, your children, if you have children, I do not, or anyone else to see and to have that be the impression of you that they have <laughs> that you cannot explain, like you can't explain it away because they just find it. It could be a picture. It could be a poem you wrote to somebody who isn't who they think you should be writing a poem to. And that's it. You are not here to tell them any difference. So that's number one reason. Number two is you can find treasures. Oh, my God. Yes, I found money. I um, got a Christmas card <laughs> um, from your mother from three years ago. Correct. That, that apparently had never been given. You know, It was still in the Christmas bag. So that you, you said it is a card from my mom from three years ago. I said, great, I'll open it. I opened it. There's $20 inside. It was $20. But what did the note from my mother say? It said... Buy Cindy a present. Buy Cindy a present with the 20... Yeah, buy a meal or something. It so says. you just gave it to me, which is great. But it makes it sound like I'm a hoarder person. We're not. Our house is extremely tidy. Our surfaces are clean. There's not stuff sitting around at all. Maybe my desk has a little bit of pile. And when I'm working on a creative project, the dining room gets a little amiss. Other than that, our house is very not, like... If a bug man came to spray and they tell you to move all the stuff out from your walls, we would look around and be like, well, we don't have a lot of stuff against the wall. So, like, we're not like that. But my garage, 
that's like the place where I get out of the car and then I have a bag or a box. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this now. And I don't want it upstairs on the counter cluttering up things. So I'm just going to sit it here. And then the next thing I will sit right on top of it. And then the next thing I sit kind of cattywonk on top of that. And then like you kind of shove it and then you prop it up with a piece of cardboard. And now, now I'm hold going on. This, this kind of sounds like your sister's behavior. Yeah, but not in your living space. No, she would do it right straight up on the couch. Yes. My (laughs) sister lives with her stuff all around her. I do not. I don't like it all piled up around me. But then every few years I have to do this purge where I've thrown away tons of stuff already. And I've got a big giant garage sale pile. And um, it's very, it's strangely relaxing and very satisfying if you can do it at your own pace and just like, sort through what you want. Don't be like, okay, I've got to power through this because then you're going to throw away stuff you don't want to, or you're going to keep stuff you might want to throw away if you really think about it for like five seconds. So, um, yeah, I say clean out something. If you've got a drawer that every time you open it, you can barely get it shut again. And you're like, what the hell could be back there? I don't want to deal with it right now. Like to pick a day on a weekend, it's nice and cold now in our part of the world, dump it out. I get like a, when I do drawers, I get like a trash bag, dump the drawer on top of a trash bag and have another trash bag to like throw all the junk away, sort, 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 throw, throw, throw. And my policy for drawers is at least 50% has to go in the trash. That's just, Oh, you have a policy. Yes. That's just the way it is because why is it in this fucking drawer? And I haven't looked at it for 10 years. It needs to go unless it's money or earrings. These are things I find photographs of people, things like that. But so clean out something. It'll make you feel good. All right. So you can catch uh, us on ascully.com. That's the home of our podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Catch the podcast itself, Google Play, RSS feed, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We're everywhere. Everywhere that... Everywhere that you can buy podcasts, but you don't have to buy it. You can also email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyacom Don't email Sid Talk. She really doesn't want anything to do with any of you. Uh, it's not accurate. And finally, stay classy, Mr. and Mr. Smith. <laughs> I love that movie. I want to see that movie. I want to see that movie. Uh, And I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you.